Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Bob Anderson and Hilary Saxton, episode 127. Today we have a project re- review and we are going to review a current just finished project that I have done myself. It will be a great learning experience and you're going to feel incredibly inspired. So let's jump on in to episode 127. Hello and welcome to episode 127, uh, Bob Anderson, Hilary Saxon. We're excited to be here. Are you excited to be here, Bob? Always. Great to be <laughs> Good. doing a podcast. <laughs> you've, you've got to remember we've got to talk into the mics. Yes. <laughs> no, no, not even that close. Okay. We didn't do last week's podcast and it's because my father passed away, which was incredibly sad. Yep. So we had to go back to New Zealand and so apologise for the people who were expecting it to come out. That just could not happen. No, you've got a pretty great record, though, with getting podcasts out. I've got to say that. Yeah, so I think I, I think I get away with that one. Yep. Before we jump in today's, into today's topic, which we will be talking about a project I have just completed, which as you know, if you're a property developer, that feeling of completion is out the gate. Yep. So out the gate. Oh, my gosh. And not everyone gets it, do they, Bob? Not everyone gets to the end. No. Well, not gets the feeling. Yeah, not everyone well, gets no, that feeling, gotta, do they? I think you ought to experience it. Yeah. yeah, you do. And we're going to talk about how it happened and all the bits and things we had to jump and mm, to before, make it Before, during, and, and at after. the end. Yeah. But we're going to give away the book to... Adriano Adesimito, I practiced this beforehand, sorry, Adriano Adesimito, this book is coming to you as per our conversation this week, so we look forward to you receiving this and let us know that you got it. Okay, Bob, do you have a tip before we get started? Oh, you always put me on the spot with the little You know I'm going to say it. Yeah, I think um, it could be about food. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if you order a curry and rice... Uh, don't also order a naan bread because I did it last night. Did you eat the whole lot? I did. I was out at Toastmasters. I know. I, I, I let myself go. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so totally carved out and I was so full. Oh. So there's my tip. Don't eat the have, rice have an Indian, and the bread. If you want a naan bread, don't order rice. If you want rice, don't order a naan bread unless you're seriously hungry. And if you live in the Sunshine Coast, then really uh, where, where's your favourite curry shop, Bob? Uh, not too far away from here, mm. Dylan's Kitchen, it's called. That's a good curry shop they if you're do. on the uh, Sunshine Coast. They do do a good curry. Because Dylan's a good mate of ours, so we're happy, happy to give him a plug. Okay. So, well, Bob, as we're going to be talking about my project, how about you lead the podcast? Oh, thanks. Okay. Well, well you, you I will do You can help me that. answer too. Well, I'm, I'm thinking back. Now, you can correct me because I'm going a bit on memory here. You were looking... Uh, for a project at the time, as, as we often are, mm. and you would have been already in a couple from memory. Uh, and we got a phone call from a former student of ours, but, but more than more than that, he's a good, well, he's a friend, isn't he? Yeah. So this particular individual telephoned you because you look after the investment side of our business and said, look, I've got a great project uh, needing someone, an investor or a joint venture partner or somebody with a, some spare dollars uh, to come into it. That's exactly how it happened. So what happened? tell us about that conversation. 
Yeah, well, he called me, just like you're saying, because I do often have people calling me with money, believe it or not, saying, have you got a, a property development we can invest into? And, and sometimes we do. Yeah, oh, for one sure. One of ours. <laughs> yeah, we do. We often do. And But I just keep a wee list, and it's always about timing, as those of you who have joint venture partners or understand how money works. I'm currently raising $2 million right now, and that's for a different kind of product, for a legacy product. So mm. you've got to realise that when you're looking for investors, people look for specific things. So when he rang me, he said, I've got this opportunity, and I just thought, wow, that is a great opportunity because it was an NDIS project, and I said to Bob, I, th I think I'm interested in this. Yeah. And, of course, I have to run it past him because – he knows so much, so I would, I would always, you know, get him to double check. But I thought it was a, a really good idea, and it really opened the conversation. It was early days; it was before he got underway with it. But it was yeah. early days for him looking for investors for for the project he had. It was for four apartments, and he wanted himself and three joint venture partners all to take on one apartment each. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, you were looking for. A project that you could keep mm. with a, with a good return. I mean, you're already well. You're actually an investor in, in our own project in the retirement village. So obviously, that produces a nice income at the end. But you were looking for something else, something mm. a bit, I suppose, quicker, something to um, to finish earlier than the retirement village, which has still got a few years to go. And it it fitted the it fitted the niche, didn't it? The returns they're nothing like your average rental. And like housing rental. But the thing with NDIS, it's very difficult to get into. And what we do know is many people try and get into it or build something and think mm. if they build it, they will come. And that is not the case. Uh, SDA providers are really strict. The government's changed the regulations. There is, there's been such a learning on this. Mm. And I, I was just so grateful that, that my builder had a relationship with an SDA provider and he'd been working with them for a long time. So he was able to really create something that they were after. Yeah, yeah, very purpose-built. So uh, the National uh, Disability Insurance Scheme is what we're talking about for, for those that are listening and aren't familiar with the acronym NDIS. Mm. And uh, it, it was a, it was brought about, I think it was around 2015 uh, that, it, that it came. The government decided that finally, long overdue, they had to look after people with disabilities mm. who often were not looked after. They were living with their parents who were getting old. They were even put into nursing homes and mm. you know, just substandard accommodation. So a big fund was initiated and that was the beginning of it. And yours is, yours is on the other side of the country. It is. It's in Western Australia. And it, they've been a little bit later to roll out this whole NDIS program. So they're still in the learning phase of it as well. And then the regulations had changed yeah. at, at a federal level. But the thing with NDIS, there are three levels. You can be level one, two or three. So and level one is a less level of care and level two medium and level three, very high level of care. And this was proposed to us as a very as the high care as level three accommodation where each apartment would be built there'll be a two-bedroom but there is also a facility for a caregiver to live as well in the in the dwelling so it's two levels it has an elevator yeah basically a shared one um mm. for four units for two bedroom units 
and uh, and that other small unit for a care accommodation. So as you, you're right because Western Australia didn't jump in straight away into mm. the scheme. They what they decided to do is to sit back and watch what was happening on the east coast. So they let things start to roll out on the east coast, and it's not a bad idea in a way. I mean, I mean the downside of that is it delayed accommodation in Western Australia, mm. but they had less dramas and, you know, in setting the whole thing up. They saw the good, the bad and the ugly of how things were rolling out on the on the East Coast. And the big, the big thing was that your joint venture partner was known to us and had that industry experience. Yes, definitely. Which, and, and understood what goes on in the industry. He had a huge knowledge in it and he has even said this is one of those projects that that you do and you never forget the one that you, he'll never forget this one because yeah. it was huge. So the, the proposed returns were really good. Yep. They were looking at, what was it, 11%? Yeah, well, as the, I mean, that, the, that the, was the, the rental on that's about 115 gross, I think. I think 115. I think it's 109 I'm getting. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Is that okay to say out loud? Mm. That sounds pretty good. For a two-bedroom apartment? With for, one tenant. With one tenant. The nice thing about it, though, is one, because it's National Disability Insurance Scheme, it, the government pays the rent, which is one good part. But yeah, the really nice it, thing yeah. is that the young guy who lives in it, who, who's my tenant, he had a car accident in his early 20s and his legs were burned. So he now has a home. Apparently, when he first went there, it was before the power was on to have a look. And he climbed up the stairs by himself, so just he using lost his both arms. Legs in yeah, the doesn't have legs. Yeah. And my builder walked in and found him sitting on the floor in the apartment crying with happiness. Mm. So, how cool is that that he has? Um, he finally has his own home. Yeah. And it, it's a beautiful home. In fact, uh, I remember you saying that the the providers, the SDA providers, who are very, very strict and rigid, went through the property and they said that it was the best they've seen yet in Western Australia. So what happened with the project, because of the whole COVID thing and mm. it really was kicked off by COVID and that time delay, the bill costs over there went out the gate. Mm. And so... Construction actually stopped for about seven months completely. Just they didn't do anything. Um, and the whole time, and this is a really good example of of great communication, which is important if you have investors, joint venture partners. Hey, we spoke the whole time, constant emails about what was going on. And because we're developers ourselves, we, we understand that – there's no point in saying, you know, throwing somebody under the bus or shaking the cage because there's nothing you can do about it. No. And so construction stopped, which, you know, in some ways just delayed it. But at, at, the, at the end of the day, I'm going to say it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we got there. Mm. The other thing, Bob, was if we go on to the type of house, they we had to change the design because of it was going to be initially brick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was going to be block originally, so suspended slab with block work, but you just couldn't get block layers over there. And it went up by something, by about $3 a block layer. Yeah, it went from a dollar to $4 a block. It went up 400% just block yep. layer, and you couldn't even get blocks, let alone block layers. And uh, 
because Western Australia is unique in another way. It, it economy lives or dies on the, on mining. Yeah. And mining was starting to wind up again post uh, post COVID, mm. and a lot of tradespeople were heading off to the mines, and so not only did we have a big problem getting materials, but labour as well. Mm. And uh, he did struggle with labour. Yeah. And that was part of the reason it just just had to stop. He even moved down to where the development was, which is down in Mandurah. So moved down there during the development, just to keep his, um, to, just to keep it going. Really, yeah, keep his eye on it. And you know, bless him, he had to come to all of us as joint venture partners. Some of us are joint venture, some are investors. So this this is structured in so many different ways mm. as well, and say, I can't. I can no longer do this for this budget mm. and are you okay if I increase the price? And, again, because of the experience, you don't just dig your heels in and say no because all that's going to do is put him under more pressure. You look at it realistically, take the big picture in mm. and go, of course. Yeah, it was no mistake of his. No. Yeah. And I, I think that's a takeaway, Bob, for people. You know, if you are an investor and and you've been hit by the COVID times and the slowdown times, that you've got to take that into account. There's yeah. no point in being ridiculous. And no. no, I think one of the good things about it is the way it was financed. In that, um, although originally you were looking at putting in a reasonable amount of equity and then borrowing mm. for the construction, you ended up uh, making the decision to go completely with cash and, and not in, not include a financier mm. and, and pay cash for the whole project out of out, you know out of the treasure chest sort of thing, and that. During those times, I think that that helped a lot. Not having a bank or a financier yeah. breathing down your neck mm. uh, because of blowouts in costs, and also having to, you know, sort of delays that it had with with labour and materials. Mm. So that uh, that turned out to be a good thing. Yes, it did. It, it's a great decision. How did I come to that decision to not? Because the op- the option for me was to go in. With cash and borrow, and then do this, do two pro, do another pro, bigger project with some other money, yeah. and then it was just no, we'll go straight into it. But that would have been that would have been you pushing me to do that. Why would you? Well, have, it was a, why would you have encouraged <laughs> that one, Bob? Well, it wasn't just me. No, it, it was finance at the time became became really difficult to get. So the thing is, like, oh, you, I mean. you headed off constructing with your own cash, your mm. own funds, mm. with the intention of getting a certain distance, and then having pulling a financier in. But it became quite difficult at the time, you know, sort of post-COVID, uh, trying to fund things, increased costs, finances feeling nervous, a different type of product. That's another thing. They had a big, a big part of it yep. at the time and it just got it just got a bit hard. And fortunately, you know, the cash was there to, to actually do it without the financier in the end. And, uh, well, it might have slowed down other things, it, it I think it was a good thing, mm. as it turned out, not having that you know, financier breathing down your neck every time, you know, the quantity surveyors saying, oh, there's a further blowout in costs and these sorts of things. You could just talk to each other about it, like you just mentioned before, and uh, come to an agreement. And the great thing about working with him, his one-liner is, have you got a problem? We just talk about it. That's what he says. There's never a problem. If there's a problem, we talk about it. Yep. And that is the one-liner that he uses all the time, which has been – it's great because you, it's good to be able to have that conversation with him 
It's a great relationship too. To have that relationship with a builder as well. I mean, builders should be that way. Mm. But also when when you're dealing with investment, you know, and investors and investors' funds, mm. is it's property development. Things happen, you yeah. know. Uh, there might be cost blowouts. Things might go slower mm. than, than usual, you know, and, and you can't, couldn't have predicted COVID and you couldn't have predicted the rapid rise in bill costs and, and other things that happen in the market even these days. And it's communication, mm. uh, particularly, and look, there's a tip if you have investors, you've got to be open, you've got to be honest, and you've got to keep the communication going because generally, and like an investor gets very nervous when the conversations stop. Yeah. And they have to start wondering what's going on. Uh, just, you know, it mightn't always be good news, but you have to do it. Yeah, keep those lines of conversation open. Something else that happened was when the project did shut down over those seven months, they had a bit of problem with vandalism and theft on the project. And, yeah, that was because (laughs) one of there was that tragic story where somebody stole uh, one of those gas things to do some... Oh, that was was that a different project? No, the same one. They same stole one. they stole that the gas bottle things, you know, for that they yeah. use, and they went to an empty site down the road to light their things, and they blew themselves up. Blew themselves up. I've yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah, I, I just remembered then too. So, so yeah, we got to we finally uh, got to the end last well, week before last, and titles still aren't even out, are they? Yeah. Titles aren't issued, but you actually got tenants. But I've got I've got you a could, tenant, and I'm receiving rent without titles. What the heck? How does well, that happen? Well, no, you can. Um, but titles are soon; they're close yep. by, a matter of weeks, a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, that such is the demand. But I, I think the wonderful thing is that you're able to line up, uh, you know, with your builder's help and his connections as well to mm. to get the tenants in and de-risk it and get them in early. Like, like when I say get them in early, I don't mean get them into the building, but to line them up. And that's more difficult than people realise. Mm. It took probably almost, I'm going to throw out, just throw out there, a year, but, or at least six well, because months. We, you, because you, he you couldn't was, give finish dates. That's, that's part of the problem as well because of the way the thing was moving. Mm. Uh, you know, and you can't give a finish date. It's hard to lock somebody into a, into a lease. But all four are tenanted now, which is mm. great, or they all have tenants moving into them. And that's a real godsend, I think, for everyone involved because of the ordeal we've been through to get it done and not as much as the builder, that's for sure. What yeah, he's been through has been uh, amazing. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's been a tough time for him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's a great he's a great builder and uh, good business mind. You know, like if, if it needs to be shut down for a couple of months, then shut it down, you know. Just keep everyone in the, in the loop. Gave us a few tips about what WA means. It doesn't really mean, mean uh, Western Australia. It means wait a while, he said. Wait a while. Yeah, right. I live I live in wait a while, not Western Australia. Mm. But You'd have to live there to be able to say that, otherwise it's an insult. So, so it did come from Western Australia in that comment. Yeah, that, it wasn't our comment. So, yes, that means that finally I get to have a completed product mm. after a very long time. Yep. So what that means as a property developer and it's obviously Bob and I constantly think strategically what's next, what do we do next? And so the planners, because it's such a high-yielding project, the fees are really high. I think you, you need to be at 80000 So Yeah, 80, 85 net. 85. But that's having 
a manager in there who manages everything, including maintenance program. Yeah, there's a maintenance program. So you program. never spend anything ever. And the whole thing's tilt slab, so it's very sturdy. Yeah, it, it, outlive all of us. Yeah. Outlive the tenants even. Yes, it, it has a, a huge, um, yes, what is the word, st- sturdy, around for a long time. I can't mm, really think mm, of the word I'm after. Yeah. But that means what we do next is what, as we use that available equity. Yeah, so re- you'll refinance it. I'll refinance it. Out, and pull your equity back out and, re- you know, place it somewhere. Yeah. And because of the high yield, it's, it's still positively geared for so long, even though yeah. even though I probably pull the maximum out. Yeah, you can explain that for people who don't understand. Oh, look, it, well, you can, it's super positively geared, no matter what. You know, it wouldn't matter what level. Even if you finance it a hundred percent, it'd be well and truly cash flow positive in a big way, which means you're paying tax on your income. But I never worry about paying tax. No. Um, anyway, this is your problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> what a problem to have. Yeah, but. But being developers and being able to use money sensibly, the idea would be to pull as much equity out as possible mm. and use that, you know, recycle that equity into other projects, mm. whether it's NDIS or something else. I mean, uh, you know, we're, well, it could be an industrial project. Well, that's a pretty hot market in certain places. Mm. And, uh, you know, margins on, on that sort of thing are, are higher than residential, both from a development point of view and also from a hold. So, you know, they, well, world's your oyster. Well, what's interesting, Bob, is that, you know, we're, what we've got currently going on is the NDIs tick that box, hmm. Retirement Village tick that box, uh, high-end duplex tick that box. We've also got the uh, commercial thing um, just sort of starting to kick off. But it's about really being strategic. And, and that stuff all sounds really big, but just like everybody else, you've heard me say it went for 18 months longer. There's that, you know, nervousness. We still deal with the same things that everybody else deals yeah. with. And if people knew what you go through in a day, holy heck. But I think the, the key takeaway here is, uh, here, the key mm. takeaways for this podcast would be this happened because of an opportunity that came came to us. Yep. Because one, uh, you know, a good person, and he knew that we're trustworthy. So yeah. he came to us, and but he's also a good person. So we totally trusted him. So it's about having a relationship, at, you know, a joint venture partner relationship with somebody that you do trust. I spoke with somebody this morning that's having an awful time, and then they're not part of our community yet, but they will be. They were just probably ringing to find out how we can help them fix the situation. So... You've got to have somebody that you know, like, and trust. Yep. Keeping sure. the lines of communication open at all times. Yep. Uh, really important. Yeah. Um, and and realise things aren't always going to go beautifully and smoothly. Yeah. There's going to be bumps and detours. That's okay. We deal with them. That's what property development's about. Mm. And But like you said, communication is huge. Mm. And when it comes to NDIS, it, it's not just if I build it, they will come. There's a lot more involved oh, in that. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of uh, bodies in the graveyard of people attempting NDIS but mm. not really knowing what they're doing. They get the design wrong. You only have to be two millimetres out in the mm. width of a hallway and they said, no, out. And that's it. That's the end of that. Mm. Um, so The specs are, are very specs critical. Specs are incredibly critical. Yeah. And uh, we know how anal they can be, those um those SDA inspectors, yeah, yeah, the inspectors uh, as well. And and some people think, oh, if I build it, like, they'll come. Well, n- not necessarily. And there might be, you know, rules change, government things change, you know. they You might have you might build for high care 
and find that there's, you know, the only tenants at, at that time might be medium or, or low level care and then you sort of overspace the building. Um, I think, yeah, like it, it, there, are, there are a lot of issues to deal with. Yeah. Which is why it was good that you did that with uh, somebody else who was experienced in that area, had yeah. a history there. That was good. Yeah, but um, so what's next for, for Hillary Saxton? Well, like I said, I think I, I, I think I'll, I think I'll just maybe go commercial. I, you know me. I always like the idea of a good reno. I know we're not supposed to do renos, and we don't know Bob's having a fit. Only because I heard Connie saying she's doing one for somebody else, and I got jealous because she's actually doing some of the work, and I love doing that. Reno your own place. Oh, I know. Well, I'm keen <laughs> to do that too. Yes, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. Maybe it is that. Okay. Well, they're the key takeaways. So. I think we could probably wrap this one up there. Okay. Sorry, everyone, that we missed last week, but you heard our reason why. Just a reminder, oh, getting into Christmas. I know. Mm. It is very close by. Uh, we are... We are looking for investors for a legacy product. So if yep. you're interested in, um, there, there, it's a bigger amount of money, long-term put money in. But even if you do have money and you're keen on investing, do you know reach out and have a chat with me because it pays off. Well, we've got some shorter-term projects, you know, mm. develop and sells coming up. As you say, like, we're not restricted to the residential market because mm. of the experience that we have. Mm. Uh, we, we're familiar with all markets, really, and if, if things are a bit tight in one area or one location, then we can either move location. I mean, most of our developments are not even in the state that we live at the moment. No. And we're working with mentoring students all the time around Australia and all sorts of markets, so mm. we have a lot of knowledge there. But uh, even, like, beyond... Uh, beyond residential, you've got specialised, like the NDIS, we've done student accommodation, we've done rooming houses, we've done and a retirement village on the big end, but but also into into industrial. And, uh, you know, it looks like we might have an industrial project coming up shortly that the investors will be able to share with us. Yes, that looks so, really good. yeah, we're not tied down. So uh, that's great. That, you know, it gives you that flexibility. Yes, yes, it does. And just uh, another thing, sometimes I get phone calls from people asking me what's in our course. It is the A to Z of everything. So where people have specialised courses on just that bit, ours just includes that bit without us saying. So if you are interested in having a chat, thinking 2024 is your year to yeah. uh, become that successful property developer or you, you want to do it on the side or you'd love to transition over, you're welcome to have a chat with me about it. And, yeah, just it's just a conversation. Okay. Could be the beginning of a whole new life. It could be the beginning of a whole new life. Anyway, uh, that's the end of episode one twenty seven. Mm, well oh, done. Yeah, thank you. And congratulations you. to getting you know you that uh, that deal now pretty much put to bed ninety nine percent. I know, such a good feeling. Hmm. And not everyone gets how exciting it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, for those of you who do, you got me, and we'll catch you next week. Bye now. Bye.